0: And so I'm going to bring you a message out of Luke chapter 1. And um, it is the angel Gabriel, uh, when he's coming to uh, visit Mary and, and give her, and I've called this this message, uh, The Christmas Prophecy. The Christmas Prophecy. And just being two parts morning. first I want to talk about the reality of Christmas, and then I want to talk about the accountability of Christmas. And so this prophecy, you know, it comes and, and let me just read the context. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of, David, of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then said Mary to the angel, How shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the most high shall overshadow thee therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god and behold thy cousin elizabeth she also conceived in her womb in in her old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren listen to verse 37 for with god nothing shall be impossible and mary said behold the handmaid of the lord be unto to me according to thy word, and the angel <laughs> departed her. Let's pray together. Father, we would pray this morning. We, we need a word from you today. We need to hear from you. We need you to, to, to calm our troubled hearts. We need you to fill our hearts with the joy of the Holy Spirit. We need your peace and past understanding. Father, we need to hear from you today. So i pray that you would prepare our hearts. I pray you help us to hear what your spirit says to us. I pray we take heed to it, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for that has been mentioned already that indescribable, unspeakable gift of Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. We ask that you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. This prophecy of Christmas it, it contains, there are seven different things, seven parts of this that it contains. First of all, of course, you know about these. There's a virgin birth. They'll call his name Jesus. Both of these, you know, go right together. You know, God had prepared them, and, and there had been a long silence. There had been a long awake, a, a long silence of this. The Bible, people sometimes refer to it as a silent years, from all the way from Malachi up to the time of the New Testament. There was just nothing. And, and the folks have been waiting and they're yearning and now all of a sudden, well, these angels are getting active. And, and now they're coming, this Gabriel, this Gabriel, he was no doubt one of the angels. He was the one who came to Daniel. He, he was the one who, who came, he was the angel of whom, whom God seemed to use to speak to his people, the Jewish people. And so Gabriel, he comes to Mary and he speaks to her. And and he's he he said he gave them exactly what they needed, a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. We have Jesus. Uh, he is his name is used by Yeshua. The old testament equivalent would be Joshua. Remember Joshua was the one who led the people out once, the so led them into victory. Listen, we have a Savior today who leads us into victory. We have that. Matthew one 23 says behold a virgin shall be with child and they shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel meaning God with us. Listen he is going to be deity. He's going to be divine and he at the same time He's going to be human. He's going to be a man. You know stories like this they can't be made up. They they come they come from God and aren't you thankful that even today that God has seen fit to intact to keep the scriptures intact so that we could have a word from Him. First um, Corinthians one four says this is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and Paul added of whom I am chief. Luke four eight. The Lord Jesus himself said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me, listen to this, to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the broken heart. Now folks let me just stop here just a minute. Sometimes our hearts are broken. There's no question about the broken heart we have today. But aren't you glad you have a savior that heals the broken hearted? He does that. He said he said, and to proclaim liberty to the captive, and, and to give sight to the blind. Matthew 1 21 says, He shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people, deliver them from their sin. That is literally out of the mist of sin. Think about this, think about how you would be if something you were just dropped in the middle of the ocean somewhere, and you were just left there. How long do you think you could tread water and stay above it? Think, think of it, that is how our sin encompasses us. People just trying to tread water, but sooner or later, their sin will overcome him. But aren't you glad you have a savior that delivers you from, from the from the midst, from out of the middle, literally out of the midst of your sin? That's what that means. Also in verse 32, the Bible says here, speaking of Jesus, not only will he be virgin born, not only will he be the son of the Most High God, but the Bible says in verse 32 that he will be great. This, this wonderful Savior is also the King. He is, he is the great King of all things. He is the greatest King of ever. He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, the Bible says. And yet Mary, Mary is taking all this in. She, she is saying how, how his name will, be, how, how great he will be. You know, I thought of Mark chapter uh, five when I was looking, thinking about this and meditating on it about his greatness. And when he came upon the tomb of a guy that was possessed in the tomb, you know, the Bible tells he lived among the dead, and the Bible says he would break chains, uncombining. You know, sometimes people are demon possessed. They have supernatural powers, by the way. That is one of the reasons that even today some people like to delve into some of that supernatural demonism and witchcraft and things because it does seem to give them extra power. But why would you want temporary power when you can have eternal power in Christ Jesus? And so, so this, this is what and so he, he came to the tomb and the Bible says immediately that he, he didn't mess around He just cast that demon out and immediately this guy he wants to go with Jesus But Jesus says no go home and tell your friends about what great things the Lord has done with you listen to Mark chapter 5 In verse 19 Jesus did not permit him to go. He wanted to go. He said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord hath done for you and how he hath compassion on you. You know, I would just pause and say to you that although there are a lot of people nowadays who claim to be born again, who claim to worship God, it seems today we have fewer and fewer who walk with God and even fewer of that who witness for God. We would just live in a day when folks don't want to talk about Jesus no more. I've heard so many times, well, preacher, you know, that's just my little private religion. Well, there is a sense of privateness to devotion, but that privacy can never stay that way. It must become public. Listen, the Bible says, it says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we're really in tune with our Lord, when we're really worship. you mentioned about your pastor being generosity. I know we've sat in restaurants a number of times. And one of us is always gonna get around to talking to the waitress or whoever's ministering with us about the Lord Jesus. It's just something that's on our hearts. It has to come out. And so this Jesus, uh, he, he, he is going to be great. He is gonna be greater than those. Uh, he, he blessed children, he attended weddings and parties, he wept with the hurting. He fellowshiped with God's people. He ministered to the outcasts. He fed the hungry. He gave sight to the blind. He cleansed the temple. He denounced hypocrisy and self-righteousness. He suffered with the innocent. He took the sins of the world on him. He nailed him to the cross. He said that as far as the east is from the west, he is buried into death to us. This is the great Savior that we have this is a greatness that that the angel gabriel said to mary your son is going to be great well i would say great indeed he is this is our savior this is our lord this is the reason that you and i can celebrate christmas to begin with We, we have such a savior as if but the bible also tells us in verse 32, he's also going to he's also the son of the highest. This baby that would be born a virgin, he, he, would, he would be also the son of God. He would be in God intending him to be. His conduct and his character would match perfectly with God. In fact, the Bible says that he's one revealed God. He is the image of the invisible God Himself. The Bible even says that in these last days, that God has spoken to us through His Son. Uh, This primary purpose, of course, of Jesus' coming was in in incarnation, is to redeem His people, to call out a people to Himself. Aren't you glad for the message of Christmas? Aren't you glad that that we have have a Savior today who saves us? Indeed. Uh, I think I'm going to leave these things on. That's why even believers, even you and I, can't do that, can I? <laughs> I'm not always used to glasses. I can read pretty well, but sometimes the light's not always what it would be, so I have to I keep this set of glasses just in case. But this, but this Savior that we're talking about, you see, that's why you and I, even though some of us, I have been saved, I know when I look it, but I've been saved over half a century. And, and, and the gospel to me is just is more precious to me today than it's ever been because it is through the gospel that I have access to God. It is through the gospel that the shed blood of Christ still applies to me. It is through the gospel that my sins are forgiven. you see it is through the gospel that I can have fellowship with the living God. Amen. listen, the gospel should never ever get old to us. The gospel should be in our lips continually. You see, that is the good news that we have. That's one reason we celebrate Christmas. That's one reason we can say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We want to be those kind of people, you see. uh, Believers. We need, we need the gospel just as much as unbelievers. We ought to be telling each other. Our brother said he mentioned about stirring one another to love. I know no better way to stir one another to love than to sharing the word with one another. A sharing what God has led in our heart with one another. But you see, that's the reality of Christmas. I mean, you ought to stop and ask yourself, just how real is Christmas to you? Has can you say in your heart of heart that the Savior has indeed come into your heart, that you are saved? But also, it's not just the reality of Christmas, it's also the accountability of Christmas. It says uh, in verse 32, the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David. Now folks, listen. That first part, that is love. God sent his son to the world. Uh, the Bible says, John 3:16. though it's a great evangelistic verse, it's also a great Christmas verse. The Bible says, God, for God so loved the world, that you could put your name there, for God so loved you, for God so loved me, that he sent his son to the world. And so because of that, think about this, this is how much that God loves you, that he would send his son to die in your place, but this this verse thirty two and following, you know it's amazing how people say how they will take those verses this literally happened. Yes, yes, he was a son of high. Yes, he was virgin born. Yes, he was great. That that really happened. But then they get to verse thirty two, all well, of a sudden, that's not literal anymore. Let me just pause and tell you that a good hermeneutical practice or a, a, a principle of interpretation is that when you interpret scripture it's bad interpretation when you when you jump immediately from literal to spiritualizing or figurative listen to what the bible says there again and he shall be great and shall be son of the highest verse 32 and this is and in other words they're they're connected there and the lord god shall give him a throne of his father it, it's not right for you to say this part of this verse is literal and this part is not now listen to me i really believe that today that this part of the scripture is really missing our lives i don't i don't believe this it's, it's preached much in the christian community the fact that jesus is going to return and the fact that jesus is going to literally and absolutely sit on the throne of david listen the throne of david he reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. I believe that's exactly what he said because I believe exactly what the Bible says it says. Amen. That he is going to return and he's going to serve his king. Now listen, Gabriel is giving Mary all this Christmas message in one love son. Yes, he's going to be virgin born. Yes, he's going to be the son of the high. Yes, he's going to be great. But Mary also, and he's going to sit on the throne of his father. People like to say, well, you know, preacher, well, the throne means your heart. Well, there's a Greek word for that. No. It's called baloney. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, why, why can't people just take the Bible or what it says? I mean, God, God says what he means, and he means what he says. And so he says, Mary, the name of Gabriel now, your yeah, your son's going to be great, all right. He's going to return. And he's going to sit on the throne of David. Acts 20, Acts 2, verse 30 says, Therefore, being a prophet, speaking of David, and knowing that God has sworn an oath to him, that the foot of his loins, speaking of Jesus, going to flip, that he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. You see, the Lord Jesus, now He is not there yet. Right now, the Bible tells that He is sitting at the right hand of the Majesty on high. He is interceding for He is fulfilling the role of high priest. He came. He fulfilled the role of the prophet. He came and preached the word and says, "Thus saith the Lord." But and now He is He is reigning in heaven. He is beside the, He is beside the Father, sitting in His right hand. He is our high priest. But one day, folks, He is going to come as king Uh, and listen to me now this ought to bring joy to your heart, right in the midst of our sadness and sorrow I want you to think about something if the Lord returned today your pastor would be with him you see that that should just bring joy to our heart yes we're going to miss him yes we grieve just a couple months ago my wife's uh, mother, my mother-in-law passed away and listen, she was like a mama to me but boy, she, there would be so many times, you know, uh, especially when I first started preaching, you know, she would, she would want to pull me off to the side and ask me about this and ask me about this, all the time talking about the Bible. Uh, and Bobo, when, when boy, she passed away, you know, a long time of suffering and things. Well, there was just a sense of peace and joy in my heart knowing, absent from the body. She's present with the Lord. Listen, it is, listen, the first half of this message is certainly one of love but surely the second half of this prophecy is one of hope, is it not? I mean, you think about that. I was in a, a few years ago I was in a hospital visiting uh, some church members and uh, one of the folks came and says, a preacher well, would you mind when you finish, would you step across the hall and see if you could Visit these folks across the hallway. I didn't know who they were. Well, I said I'd be glad to. While I was in there, uh, the elderly woman, she died while I was in the room. And before I could say something, her daughter uh, literally, I mean, she was so loud that folks, ran, the, the staff and nurses ran in there. She screamed almost to the top of her lungs. She said, No hope, no hope, it's all gone. I don't mind telling you, just run chill all the way. Folks, listen to me now. Because of Jesus' promised return, we have a hope that is steadfast and sure. Listen, when you're going through this storm, the Bible says that this hope is like an anchor for the soul. And so, you know what? We certainly grieve, and we certainly mourn, but we do not do so as the world does so. Because we know, we know where our hope lies. Well, the Bible tells us that he'll sit on on the throne of David. It also tells us that he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Uh, Once again, he will come in Jerusalem, and that is where he will reign. Uh, Daniel has this to say. And the days of the kings of heaven he will set up a kingdom. Listen to what which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left in. It shall break in peace and, and all his kingdom. And listen to what Daniel says 244. And it shall stand forever. The Bible says this kingdom it, it will be no end. It will stand forever. It will reign forever. You know, Mary, uh, she was stunned, she was amazed at this. And she, and she is, you know, Zacharias, remember, his, his questions were one of unbelief, but Mary's wasn't like that. Mary wasn't questioning about unbelief. She said, "What, well, well, Lord, uh, how can this be? I don't, I've never known a man before, and, and you're telling me that I'm gonna save and have a child? You see, For you and I to be able to grasp that hope that is steadfast and sure, to grasp hold of that hope that's like an anchor, for you and I to experience God's love, we have to be like Mary and just believe what God says. Mary, uh, she, she believed God. She's amazed, but her response is not one of disbelief, she believed. The Holy Spirit will come upon her. It will <clears throat> overshadow her like a cloud. Uh, God was going to reveal his presence to her, and, and she said, she said, Lord, I understand. But she said, but I'm believing. You know, we have today, it, it, there's some similarities here. Let me share them with you before I close. You know, Jesus was born into this world by a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. We too must be born again. By miraculous work of the holy spirit john chapter 3. the life of jesus and the life of this son the jesus he, he 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 lived in full and complete dependence on his father the same kind of faith that the life that we live we live in complete and dependent faith on the lord jesus christ you know what Jesus was constantly saying? He said, all, all I say is what I hear from the Father. All I do is what I see the Father do. Listen, that is why, that is the Christ in us. We just simply do what we, we say what we hear, and we do what we see the Lord do. Uh, the, the Savior, uh, he lived his life with every intention of dying for our sins. You know, we don't think a babies is coming to die. Jesus did. He came, he came on this earth. He came to pay the price for our sin, to pay the penalty. And listen, here's a parallel for it. We don't die for sin, but the Bible says, Romans 6, 4, we die to our sin. You see, every day should be a dying process so that we can live. Also, Jesus was, was raised from the dead. The Bible says... That you and I are raised to get this to walk in newness of life. And the Bible says that Jesus sits to the right hand of the Father. Well, Ephesians verse 1 and 20 and 2 verse 6 says that we too have been made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. You know, we live in a day. Christmas is often celebrated in so many ways without giving much thought to the coming of our Savior. Uh, The Bible Bible to some is outdated and seldom used. Even some of God's people they rarely open their Bibles. They sit, perhaps, on a Sunday morning. There seems to be no sense of accountability. But remember, when this stone is set up, you see, in the Old Testament, there was the altar and the altar. And Abraham built an altar. Before you could approach the temple, the tabernacle and temple, you had to go to the altar. In the New Testament, we have the table. We have fellowship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, moving the kingdom. There'll be a throne these state, you see. And we live in an age when people don't think much of it. They don't think about giving, having to give an account for how they live and what they say and what they do. Meditation on Scripture's day seems to be a lost art. Uh, we, we, we don't have much of that today. Prayer has really devolved, if you will, in simply a list of sick body parts. There's not much crying out, there's not much desperation. In prayer anymore witnessing it is seldom done i don't know about your circles but in circles where i've been the statistics say that as many as 95 percent of all the people who claim to be christians never one time in their life witness or the gospel with somebody that includes their spouses that includes their family that includes their children that includes their relatives that includes their friends never not once We live in a day when Bible teaching has sunk the simplest of self-help sermons. It seems people are being taught how to live like a Christian without even being one. We live in a day when few seem to hear from God's Word anymore. When worship services have become entertainment shows Bright lights, loud singing, talented singers. Surely, the Lord is going to return soon. Uh, But I still believe the Bible is God's Word. I still believe the Christmas message is as true as it always was. I still believe in the prophecy of Christmas that Jesus came and that He's returning and setting up His throne. I still believe, I still believe that God, by his grace, we can be a light in a shining community in the darkness. I still believe that we can hold forth the word of life in a crooked and perverse generation. I still believe that we can let our light so shine that others can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. I still believe that by God's grace we can live in such a way to hear him say on that accountability day, well done thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. I still believe Christmas. Don't you? For unto you is born this day in the city of David the Savior which is Christ the Lord, and He shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call His name Jesus. For he shall save His people from their sins. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask Kenny. Huh? Father, we thank you for your word this morning, your message, and Father, I do lift up this church and the family, and Lord, your your God you're on your throne, your timing is never off. And so Father, we want to give ourselves to you. And we want to live and act and think and pray in such a way that when we come before your throne that day, wow, to hear you call us by name. to hear you say, Dean, well done. thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. O oh, Father, until that day comes where we're facing sadness and grief and joy and peace, may we live in such a way that you're brought glory to We love you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name.